Hi, welcome to BoobTube, the podcast where smart women talk about what they're watching and not watching. I'm Sarah Whitus. I'm Amanda Teuscher. How are you doing tonight, Amanda? I'm okay. I have a glass of wine. Mmm, I have Wegmans Sushi. Oh, that sounds good, too. It's not the worst. It's not the best, but it's... (laughs) I hope it's not the best. (laughs) But it's... It's definitely fine, enjoying my little packet of wasabi here. Well, my, my yeah. wine is from a box, so... Mm. And from a little box, too. I went to the... I ran out of Campari this weekend, which was a, you know, real tragedy. So I went to the liquor okay. store yesterday after work. Um, yeah. Because people have been saying it's Negroni week, so I just felt like I had to do that. And to it's get Negroni a bottle, season. and then I was checking out, and they had little mini boxes of wine. Love it. Wow. The little, yeah, I know, I know the ones you're talking about. I didn't know about. they existed. So yeah, service journalism here, everyone. They make <laughs> mini boxes of wine. They're pretty good. Um, I am. They also make cans of wine, which I don't understand. Um, uh, I'm not on board with that. Uh, yeah, I'm not. Well, I mean, it. maybe for like rosé or like a vino verde, but yeah, yeah. It reminds me of that fine. always sunny episode where they dis- they discover that you can get away with. Um, legally drinking in public because if you just put the booze into uh pop cans yeah (laughs) and so they just like put a bunch of red wine into like pepsi cans and they're walking around with like crazy wine lips like super drunk (laughs) oh now it's making me think of pepsi wine and that's disgusting um no it's not pepsi you know well think about it a kylie mocho you know like the favorite drink of spanish teenagers what's yeah Oh, yeah, I mean, there's a big difference. There's a big difference. Um, it's true. Pepsi does seem grosser. Yeah, Pepsi's disgusting. Yeah. I'm kind of excited because this week I'm going to see the Jagged Little Pill musical, which is... Wait, like Alanis? Yes. Alanis produced it. And... No, the other Jagged Little Pill. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah, mi- yeah. <laughs> the, um, the infamous i mean it's not infamous it's just famous but um yeah alanis morissette album of 1993 i want to say um yeah has been made into a musical and it's like it can't be 93 i think it is i'm pretty sure that is so long ago check me on that one i'm checking pretty sure tap 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 keyboard keyboard 95 Mm, okay yeah that's a big difference because like like, there was no way we were in second grade okay yeah no i do remember listening to the tape yeah it was like old enough that's adorable put that together um yeah i'm excited it's like about a like a dysfunctional family in connecticut also diablo cody wrote it um how funny and yeah it's i'm i'm excited i'll report back next week hopefully this won't be like when i said i was going to see crazy ex-girlfriend live and then um, don't get sick okay died and then couldn't go do it but yeah i'm excited i'm i am uh, hoping there are opportunities for audience participation but <laughs> you could just do that yo yo oh, i don't know <laughs> yeah. oh, i don't well, want to actually obvious. do it at my full like strength that's a good karaoke song for me i'm very good at it but i'm not gonna do that into this microphone all right that's fair yeah that's fair i could like run um, across the room and try it but <laughs> okay we're gonna do that afterwards and i'm gonna edit that into the end of the podcast <laughs> <laughs> um well in television world um just briefly, you put in here that you're working on a lar- uh, suits project, and I'm just—I'd love an audience teaser on that one. Um, well, 
so I'm pretty far into it, so I don't know how this is going to work with, like, going back to past seasons, because I really don't know if I can handle re-watching Suits. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. But I would like to just do a giant supercut of all the times they use balls as a metaphor for, like, <laughs> strength. It's, they're always like, no, I'm looking for someone with balls. And then there's always, like, these juvenile jokes about, like, Harvey's balls, like, because he has, like, all these signed basketballs and baseballs in his office. And it's just, like, it's just... I, Which one I'm is enjoying the show very much, but it is so, so written by men, Sarah. <laughs> it is like... I, that is another thing that should go into the broadcast. Yeah, are there, I mean, into the project, are there any women writers on Suits? So I've been, like, waiting. I've been watching it diligently since the first season. I'm now, like, into the fourth season, and there has not been a single scene that has fully passed the Bechdel test. Um Oh my god! In fact, yeah. there are like scenes where the two, like two women, they were like best friends. The only time you get to see them interact is when they're like, "Oh my god, did he go out with you?" Like it's very bad. <laughs> <laughs> I love, like, I love it. This, this is our new ER, and um, <laughs> the thing also- is, like, I'm learning as much about like the legal profession as you probably did about about medical. medicine. Totally. Yeah. At the end of ER, I'm like, yeah, I can absolutely diagnose someone's like small bowel dissection yeah <laughs> i don't even know if i can go that far i can be like that was a deposition <laughs> <laughs> i have identified this as a memo <laughs> and like they'll say they have lines they're like if it, it goes before a grand jury that's going to be way more serious and i'm like thank you thank you that's, i appreciate that's that. what we needed yeah <laughs> like that's what your position <laughs> <laughs> oh god it must be so easy to write for a show like that i want that that's good money <laughs> i mean not to say it's all bad but i'm i don't know i'm working on the balls supercut. so okay anyway. i'm I will be checking back in with you on that. Okay. Okay. Speaking of balls, what yeah. did you watch this week? <laughs> I watched Good Tuck. Pose. Yeah. Um, I watched Pose. And Did you like it? Um I did like it. I liked it a lot. It's very um Ryan Murphy like capital T, capital M, too much, you know, but that works given the subject matter, which Mm -hmm. is the, um, if you don't know about Pose, it's Brian Murphy's new show about the New York ball, house ball scene in New York um, in the 1980s. Again with the balls. I know. Oh my God. I know. God, I didn't pick up on your... I can't believe I didn't pick up on your transition there. I'm sorry. Actually, no, my my balls transition was much bluer. <laughs> okay. I see where you're going with that one. And it, I'm glad that it works on both levels. But yeah. I do like the idea of just always saying speaking of balls for any <laughs> for anything. transition. We'll be using that throughout the throughout the episode. <laughs> um Yeah, and and like, you know, if you know, the balls were like a big scene in um, the gay and transgender um, community in in the 80s. And and, uh, you know, basically it would there would be these houses that were run by, you know, house mothers, often um, like very well respected, um, you know, trans women in the community who, you know, had these like kind of the people who lived in the houses would compete in the in the um, in the balls, like in terms of like fashion and dancing, and you just like put on a show, and there'd be these like yeah like showdowns between different houses where they would like have like a dance off, and it's like 
really, I mean, most of this was like chronicled most famously in Paris is Burning, mm-hmm. um, Jenny Livingston's uh, documentary back in the 90s. But um, so what's interesting is uh, a couple of things. I mean, one thing um, <clears throat> we talked about, you know, the genesis of this show um, was, I think we talked about this in our in our Ryan Murphy discussion um about his new yorker article a few weeks ago but um you know he had taken out an option on paris is burning to like adapt it for tv and then he was tipped off by another producer that there's actually um like a uh like a a young man who was living in new york who had already adapted like who had already written a pilot um Mm -hmm. that was also focusing on the same kind of subject matter um and but no one was you know no one was biting and i read this great article this interview with him where he's just talking about like he had this great script and it was enough to get him in the door but every single network was like who is this for you know who's gonna watch this who's Mm -hmm. you know what is the audience like this is this marketable like can we have some straight characters like you know and um it just he just wasn't able to sell it to anyone so then ryan murphy kind of finds out about this and latches his name on and and uh any you know can say ryan murphy i would imagine can sell something to fx you know with like very little effort yeah so, definitely in his sleep yeah and um also fx claims that this is the largest cast of transgender actors in regular series roles and the largest cast of uh, largest recurring cast of of LGBT actors in a scripted series. Um, so those are two pretty pretty interesting facts. I mean, obviously scripted series, so not yeah. including shows like you know reality shows. Um, but uh, I really I really liked it. Um, I think it's great actually that Ryan Murphy. It's a good project for Ryan Murphy. You know, we talked, I think, also a little bit about his half foundation where he is pledging to um, make uh, half the crew and cat, you know, I think the crew, at least uh, of his shows, um, women and and um, other minorities, especially LGBT minorities. And um, so I I really think he's done a good job with this i mean i think he directed the first couple episodes the first episode that premiered the other night is really long um but uh other than that i don't know i thought it was a lot of fun so what do you think about how is how is james vanderbeek he's fine he's only in a couple of minutes of the first episode but i kind of like not to be like you know how's the how's the the straight male well i gotta say but i just like his 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 section of it i mean his storyline he works for the trump organization and he's like i mean it's literally the introduction to james vanderbeek's character is him sitting in donald trump's you know tower uh snorting coke and saying Thank God for Ronald Reagan. So it's like, mm. <laughs> this is, it's a yeah, you're like, this is, it's a, a bit, a bit, but I actually really, you know, honestly, like, and then, so the whole deal there is that he hires this guy to work for him. Who's like a young guy who's starting on his like wall street career, whatever broker dealer career. And it does definitely feel like the, like the whole thing is just like one note from the network where it's like, where's the white, 
people who are, mm-hmm. you know, going to be like that point of entry, you know, there's for our white straight audience. Um, and it's kind of a bummer to me that like, they feel like they need that. I mean, to be fair, um, the character that he hires is kind of exploring some possibly long suppressed queerness of his own. But I just, I mean, the real like standouts of the show so far to me are, are India Moore. She plays um, Angel, who's a, a transgender woman working as, uh, who's a sex worker. Um, and then Billy Porter is Pray Tell, um, who's the father figure of kind of the whole ballroom scene and MCs the shows. And, um, you know, it's it's kind of like a lot of sort of like well-trod ideas that are mm-hmm. kind of coming through the show, which is like, you know, the, you know, the like, um, the like uh, dreams, you know, we just have to like, we just have to live our live our dreams and like, you know, kind of like a showdown between a, um, a progeny and, you know, their like former mentor and, you know, there's kind of like a lot of like, well, what am I thinking? Not progeny, but I'm not thinking of prodigy either. I'm thinking of like, uh, you know, the, um, you know, what's the the word Sarah's um, thinking of put in the Jeopardy music here. Except I can't think of it still. But I'm thinking well, of like, you know, the anyway, mentee and the mentor, you know, kind of relationship. Um, and, you know, so, but I think that uh, it's like a lot of dialogue that I think, right, if you read it on a page, you would be like side-eyeing. <laughs> is this is this going to work? But they all make it work. When I got kicked out, I was a 17-year-old kid who didn't understand who I was, if I was going to die in the cold or from starvation. You found me, took care of me. You help me understand. It's time I pass that kindness on. No. It's time you pay that kindness back. To your mother, in her greatest time of need, rather than lying to her, going behind her back, after she rescued you from the gutter and showed you the ways of this world. So no! No, bitch! I do not give you my blessing. I give you what every mother gives a baby bird who has feasted off the scraps of her sisters and gotten too fat. A push out of the nest. You are not on my level. I think it's really fun. I thought it was great. Plus, there's a three minute, like, there's a dance routine set to the entire three minutes of um, I Want to Dance with Somebody by Whitney Houston and Running Up That Hill by Kate Bush in two different scenes. So I'm like, I'm extremely, I'm extremely here for it. And I just think, I just think it's wild because, like, these are not stories that would have been told on, you know, mainstream cable television even five years ago no i mean it's really it's just not i mean and and one of the reviews i was reading of pose actually linked to um a honestly i mean and i've seen i've seen um paris is burning but i haven't really seen drag race rupaul's drag race and Mm -hmm. and so a lot of the there's so much slang that is used in pose that like i certainly knew like um is like has its origins in you know black communities but i did not know had origins specifically in this like ballroom 
ball yeah, like that's this. Interesting. Like, it is really interesting. So like, there's an article in the New York Times that linked to an, an art, a different article that we can post up about just like the slang kind of that that um, the slang that like RuPaul's Drag Race has sort of like really mainstreamized and i thought it was interesting to see like executive realness like mm-hmm, in pose mm-hmm. be like oh yeah that's something people have been saying since like the late 80s but um and that it specifically yeah has its origins in this in this community um a lot of the like just kind of like regular slang that we use like all the time now so i think it was really interesting i definitely recommend it i'm really excited for for the rest of the the rest of the season um well, i will try to try to catch it somehow i don't fx doesn't make it easy to watch their stuff after it airs but I yeah but that. it does usually find its way to hulu um eventually but not, eventually yeah, not for a little while um anyway we should move on um and we talk about what we're here to talk about anything else you wanted to add it about add about pose no no i just think it's i think it's really cool i um i absolutely um recommend getting into the into the pose and then hopefully they have a spotify playlist because oh, that'd be cool music on that show is great i'm sure they will um that cross promotion but um yeah so anyway we are here to talk about the finale of the americans because we had our assassination special last week and managed to um do it right the night that the the finale was airing um, which I guess just gives us more chance to talk about this because it was the most amazing finale of television I think I've ever seen. I can't think of anything I've seen that's as good. I'm not going to put it all the way at the top, but definitely near the top. It was really, it was really good. Um, and I just was, I love that I was uh, like taken aback by how good it was because not that I didn't think it would be good, but I just like didn't think I would wind up being that satisfied by it. So did you cry at any point? Yeah, I um, I did cry a little Lame. bit when they were on the phone with Henry. Yeah. Really? What they... did you think about that scene? So the scene is when they are, they decide that they have to leave Henry in America and they're fleeing the country to go back to the USSR and they just call him like it's a completely normal conversation they were all just having dinner together and just tell him that they love him and he has no idea because he's a clueless teenage boy what did you think yeah I found that so sad I mean I um I I thought it was great I mean just everyone kind of barely trying to Elizabeth and and Philip kind of trying to keep it together um to talk with him to him to talk to their son for like, as they see it, possibly the last time ever. Um, and, and as far as we and know, not the crying. last time too. We don't get any yeah. epilogue in the show. We have no idea if they ever talk to their parents again. You know. Yeah. No. I mean, and and then you know, it, this was um, I think it was Paige's idea in the car, but then she can't even do it. Um, she can't even talk to him without crying. I I will say that I was struck like when I was watching it, Elizabeth tells him you know i love you um and and i was definitely like have, have we ever heard her say that to him? i mean this is definitely the most emotional she gets and i think she kind of you you kind of see that happening over the past few episodes her like kind of starting to realize how little she knows about her son like when they're at the job in chicago before philip arrives she calls him from henry from a payphone and it's just this very stilted 
um, withdrawn sort of conversation. And um, yeah, they've never had much in common. He's polite and like, but kind of bored and she just has no idea how to relate to him. And you kind of sense that she like regrets that a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I think it's not until, I mean, the, the beginning of the episode, I mean, she is completely, I think, you know, we just start off with a bang with this, you know, they meet after last, after last week, you know, on the run to their safe, safe house and they meet there. And, um, and Elizabeth is just completely under the, you know, obviously we're going to now drive to New Hampshire and get Henry. And um, Philip is just the one who has to like, Philip's like, no, we can't do that. We can't, it doesn't. And I mean, it's not the, you know, it's not safe. Although, you know, obviously the FBI would be going there immediately. But, you know, Philip's reasoning being more just from the standpoint of like, it's not this isn't good the for life Henry. He would, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it's interesting too because Paige was always, you know, so much closer to Elizabeth, her mother, just because. And I, you know, I read something somewhere about like, did did she choose to get into the spy game as well as a way to be closer to her mother? Because there was such a gulf between them always, you know. And she ends up going. I read something too. She ends up going to the um, Claudia's apartment at the end when she doesn't end up fleeing with them to Canada and just has some vodka and it's like you know this place where she learned about her heritage and like about her family um and she's just there by herself mm-hmm. yeah kind of stealing herself for whatever yeah whatever and Henry comes just next. never had that opportunity to get close to his mom that way mm-hmm. um, although you know he and it's true and I mean you know I think that in the same vein Philip and Paige weren't quite as close although he definitely understood her more than um you know than than elizabeth understood yeah henry but you know what's wild is like you know she kind of has i mean god carrie russell is so good in this scene but you know when he when philip tells elizabeth like you know no we're not gonna go get him she has this second of like processing that information and she's kind of like puts her hand over her mouth and is like kind of realizing like, oh, he is my, like, flesh and blood, and I do love him. And, like, uh, the idea of never seeing him again clearly has, like, not, you know, I guess <laughs> she could have died on any number of missions. But when right. you're actually, like, there standing there, com- you know, contemplating the, like, future, I mean, it's really, it's devastating. I actually just kept picturing in my mind you know, kind of, I just kept kind of giving it my own context of like Elizabeth, like remembering, you know, just like holding him as a baby, you know, just like things that like she probably, well, that was what's so really alien to her. Yeah. The dream scene that you see at the end where she wakes up in an apartment with, um, I forget his name, but the, um, Oh, uh, Gregory. Yeah. Second season. She wakes up with him and she's telling him like, you know, I didn't want a baby anyway. She touches her stomach. So I, I guess, you know, like, you know, alluding to the abortion. And then mm-hmm. there's the, uh, she turns and there's the painting that Erica had given her that she had burned um, as a way to, like, not get, you know, closer to these emotions that Erica had succeeded in bringing out through art. And then there's also this painting of uh, Paige and Henry next to her. And it's this incredible scene where, you know, it's on her way. It's when they're on the train, or it's when they're on the plane flying to... um across the ocean, I guess, whatever country they go to first, I don't know. And um, 
it's like all these things that she had to give up at the end of the job. Mm -hmm. And the job is over, right? Um, It's all these casualties she had, things she had to give up to just continue. Um, You know, like these kids were just part of a cover story before. They were just, Mm -hmm. you know, and then they became something real. And that's what that made, I feel like the ending where... They're back in um, the USSR and <laughs> I should <say> the Beatles. <laughs> nice. um, and they're like looking out over Moscow and um, the job is over. And it's just kind of like all they have right now is somehow they, you know, they knew that this would be a hard job when they got into it. They were warned that it would be hard. They even mentioned that in the finale that we were warned that this would be difficult unlike any other job. Right. Um and now it's just over and it's kind of just this weird sort of like distance distancing thing you have it's just kind of like well that job is over and like those kids we had a cover story like now we just have to get back to being in our home country you know right i thought the picture of them that's in the room in the dream is really interesting it's like just the two of them and they look really sad yeah you know like and well, yeah. and just it's, and she knows you know, that they are, I think. Yeah, and they're just, like, being, you know, they kind of grew up just very distant from their parents, I think, in a lot of ways, you know. And, and then to have the culmination of that be being abandoned by them, you know, it's, like, on <coughs> yeah. this, like, cusp of adulthood. Um, it's just Insane. devastating. Um, but, but, yeah, I just feel like that, that ending scene with them where you just sort of really understand that's like, okay, well that's over um yeah and that's kind and of then, all this was right and they like, kind we, of we, like are like they'll they, be okay you know telling themselves you know Elizabeth. but like yeah even like the show fooled us into thinking that this was a, a show about a family that this was a show about like all this stuff and it's like well maybe it was just a show about a job that was really hard to do that like really you know messed them up emotionally yeah i mean i've always seen the americans as a show about the like just how how far you're willing to go both like with a commitment you know and like with a loyalty but also I love that it's about that same you know kind of idea but with with Philip and Elizabeth and like what their loyalty to each other means and how they you know they also go from just being like literal strangers you know it's just a job it's just a cover you know and then they wind right. up you know getting well, that's married what i mean for that that's the only and... thing that they have at the end is they, yes like, they they leave this job they had to give up all these other things that were just like part of their cover but they somehow leave with an actual real marriage and relationship in these rings that they got from their ceremony you know and like that's yeah i love that's it that's all they have i love elizabeth saying to him you know the kind of like maybe we would have met i loved that yeah we would have met on a bus yeah i just like a factory job or something yeah they were bro what i i um my my idea with Paige, I was thinking, you know, she does go back to D.C. She goes back to Claudia's apartment first and she has that shot of vodka. And then I was assuming, you know, she goes to the she goes to the FBI. She goes to the police and she, you know, tries to work out know. a deal. I just don't think Paige has the stomach for like life on the run. And like I'm like, if she's going to stay on the run, she would have like stayed in Canada you know, like, she didn't have to go to Russia, but, like, she, you know, she would have gone to Canada. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Who knows what her motivations are? Did she just realize that she was never in it for 
for the actual like mother Russia and she was in it for her parents and then like realized she couldn't give that up. Did she oh stay yeah, I mean I don't think Did she it's stay not because like she ever wanted to go, right? No, no, I mean, no, but I, what I'm saying Russia. is that like, you know, what we don't know why she stayed back. Like was that mm-hmm. the reason? Was it because she was staying for Henry? Was it because mm-hmm. she realized that she sh- it would be better off if she turned herself into the FBI? We have no idea. She just goes and drinks some cold vodka. Yeah. I always like, I'm like, I always like, I need to imagine the whole scenario. But the other thing is that like, you know, the, the, you know, improved, you know, the relationship between Russia and America, you know, winds up improving for a while and a little bit you know and and it's possible maybe they do That's all kind of meet what again I was thinking, is that they would meet again yeah um, i hope so because it's like it's like super devastating to think that they just never see each other again i can't and honestly i feel like the most devastating thing of the show which we haven't talked about yet is stan the scene with stan in the garage where he confronts them as they're trying to flee from the parking garage at Paige's apartment and he's just like why did you do like how could you do this you were my best friend it's just the most just how much stan has lost in this whole thing yeah and it just you know oh, yeah that seems it's devastating it's really god devastating is like it's just a good word to like sum up this like whole sad ass show <laughs> um but I mean, like he has no friend anymore he nope. lost, you know, he doesn't have the same job he did, and he can't admit that he was right, at, at, or, you know, he can't admit that he'd let them go. Of course not. If anyone ever fought, better pray to God there's no, uh, like, rudimentary video equipment yeah. in that parking garage. <laughs> but, like, I... Oh, my God, yeah. I, I I think, you know, that is easily one of maybe the best scene in, in the whole show, probably. 100%. But, um just like one of the most amazing pieces of acting we had a job to do we had a job to do you were my best friend you were mine too I never wanted to lie to you. Stan, what else could I do? You moved in next to me. I was terrified. And then we ended up as friends. Friends? You made my life a joke. You were my only friend in my, in my whole shitty life. So what do you think? Do you think that, do you think that, um, I've read different takes on it, that like some people think Philip was being completely sincere and kind to Stan and other people are like, boy, he's a good actor up until the end. He's a good spy. Like, what do you think about Philip? I definitely do not think that he was, he was being sincere like the whole time. I think that there are elements of it, but I do think that Philip is, I mean, that's his thing thing is like you know is that he's he's you empathize with philip he's like the relationship builder and like you know elizabeth is more the honeypot i mean they can both do that but like i think you know it was it was on philip this whole time i don't necessarily think 
that his whole relationship with Stan was a lie because I do think that he cares about Stan. I think I do think that well, he, like he's obviously. I mean, at points he obviously lied. He said, "You know, we don't kill sure. people. That's crazy." He's obviously lying, and we know it as the viewer. There's like, yeah, we have no, the I, of that irony. But yeah. like when he says, you know, when he has the line that he says, like, "You're my only friend." Like, my life is the joke. My, You were the only friend I had in my entire shitty life. Like, I mm-hmm. took that sincerely. I did, too. With the, yeah, with, I think there are a lot of lines that, like, to me, I felt like, especially right when he, I, I think Emily Nussbaum put it this way, but Stan kind of creates the bridge and Philip crosses it of, like, you know, if Stan kind of starts this path of, like, you are my best friend. And he kind of starts going down this, like, you know, we're going to get real this is this is a, a, about you and me and the betrayal and so like you know S- philip's gonna like okay we can i can he's very emotional right now i can use this so i do think that that was like a pointed obviously like a point like philip's right, like, like we are emily getting nussbaum. out of here yeah like yeah he's, i think and, emily nussbaum even said that he's like the Philip is like the world's best crisis negotiator. Yeah. He's trying to get the other man to jump. Yeah, trying to get the other man to yeah. jump. Right, totally. So I do think that, especially, like, really when he's starting out this whole monologue, it's more, it's more lie. And I do think that it kind of gets, as he keeps going, because I agree, I think, like, the, I mean, he was, his, Stan was his only friend. His life does suck. I mean, like, you know, yeah. I, I absolutely... Uh, now he has to give up his kids. Now he has to, to give up his to kids. Russia. And it Ugh. just like I couldn't believe that it worked. I kept thinking like, when is he? Like I kind of thought Stan was just going to shoot one of them. Like I just did not. I was shocked that it. So that's and they an just interesting thing too. The... Is that how the show just like played with your expectations of what a show like this should do? Right. Right. You expect like some sort of shootout in the finale. Like there was none of. We all thought like someone was going to die and it wasn't going to be uh what's her name tatiana or whatever from the center like we thought we thought um or from the resident like we thought someone major was going to die and we were like is it going to be Paige? is it going to be philip or elizabeth or is it stan what's going on with renee um like you know we have all these uh are you even like in the beginning of the this last season you kind of were like i in my head i was thinking it was going to be philip versus elizabeth like a mr and mrs smith thing and right. that didn't happen and the show just like plays on all these mm-hmm. expectations and then doesn't do that and then it becomes so much more rewarding and also makes me think like re-watching this show will be so great oh i want to go back and rewatch it now things, yeah right you know how good it is and you can just appreciate this sort of slow motion tragedy that is the show and especially poor stan like knowing how it ends, <sighs> it up, ends up he doesn't up even him. know if he can trust his wife and I feel like he never will. I mean, that he line. He never will. Now, that was a real mystery for me. That was, to me, the most open-ended part of Philip's whole monologue. To me was, I honestly still don't know. I'm like, is, is does Philip say that just to fuck with him? Or because he does not have to say that, you know? No, I took it as, maybe I'm just like more naive or something about characters that don't exist. But I... <laughs> was I took it as like an act of kindness where he was like I I regret having done this to you and I want you to avoid having it done to you again by another mm-hmm. person you love yeah. and doesn't realize the cruelty of it because Phillips never realized the and especially Elizabeth don't realize the actual inherent cruelty of their jobs and sometimes they do but for the most part they're like it's just a job we had to do it's like well you killed people 
Yeah. I mean, I think to me, when Philip really starts, I mean, I do think that like with the whole Martha thing, like Philip really, I think that he probably still feels a lot of guilt about that. I mean, that because that did become a situation where he truly was yeah cared about her i mean you know wasn't in love with her but like you know cared about her as a human being and like felt this awful you know guilt over her having to leave the country and that was all real and i mean yeah i think that i don't to me is you're right it's like i don't think that necessarily that he doesn't understand the cruelty but like he he has to leave right now and i do totally think you're right that like he does he if can this be spared again? You know, like, should, yeah, like is this maybe you should investigate this. Yeah, yeah. It's like, although like not really thinking like, Oh God, but him having to like, but there's investigate no way he his could wife. know. Yeah. Right. You know, and it's, I loved, I, you know, it's funny cause I had said last week, like I was so excited to find out what Renee's deal was. And of course we didn't, but I honestly, <laughs> I couldn't imagine having found that any more satisfying. Like the, I love the with or without you music cue, like loved it. And, and that, I part preferred we the get brother to that. in arms. Both good. My mom texted me uh, when she got to the part with brother in arms and she was like, oh my God, I'm crying at the brother in arms. I love that album. Music cue. Um, um, yeah. I love the with or without you. you know how you, I feel about you too. I know, but I'm like, I love, I lo- so many, I, I love that song. I had to admit it was good. It was but. good. And we get to the scene, you know, and the, and the kind of crescendo in the music and, and Renee just inscrutably looking across the street at the FBI packing (laughs) up the house. Just, I really, I was like, I can't read that at all. I want to kind of think I'm looking at it a little bit toward the bent of she is a spy. Um, but I just, who knows? I, I, I wanted to be mad at the writers for like putting me through that. I wasn't. Yeah, I know. But I just wasn't. They did it well. Yeah. Like that was how it should have been. Yeah. Either way, you would have been disappointed. Sometimes it's not knowing things makes it exciting because you have all the possibilities in your head at once. Right. So um, I also just want to say quickly, like aesthetically, like shot wise, the um, when they're driving up to, you know, catch the train and they stop at the McDonald's and it's like foggy and it's this like it looks like a painting. You got the golden arches there. And it's like their last like, you know. So they think, like, maybe it's their last, like, American meal. They, they don't know that they'll get McDonald's soon in Russia. But, like, it's just that just the look of it was so beautiful. That's great. I didn't even notice that. I want to go back and... You should watch, like, it in the... It looks like a painting. It's just, like, this, like, sort of, like, you know, Nighthawks sort of <laughs> McDonald's but... rising through the fog. Um, yeah, I do want to yeah. go back and watch at least, like, rewatch a lot of the first season. Or I, I like, was immediately when it ended i was like i need more americans yeah so i also good. have one question yeah. that i've like thought about for six seasons and now i'm gonna ask why is it always winter <laughs> on this show i know i must have just been there, there you're like right there is like literally never a season where we see anyone in shorts yeah like no and like i guess this guy's when they always always like the big coats always and, like, film this show in the fall and yeah and, like, i get it it's the cold war not the hot war but like still <laughs> i'm just like does anything happen in summer no but it does go to like this is a you know it's a very cold there's not a lot of warmth and color in this show 
you know so it does know, work it's like very with brown and gray and yeah like, uh, and it, it makes sense blue. to me that everyone's always wearing a sweater on this show like it definitely no, it just feels perfect totally it would be weird to see elizabeth in like a breezy tank you know like yeah or like a swimsuit yeah it's just like doesn't it just goes with the aesthetic of the show it almost it does make me wonder if that was on like on purpose or you know whatever like it had to have been i get you know it could just be that that's just the way you know the production schedule their production schedule worked and it's an unusual show that they do film a lot outside and you know it's like um you know there's just i mean there's a lot of there's just a lot of of exteriors on this show and a lot of the action takes place outside um yeah and you know it could it it could totally be a yeah absolutely a conscious like we are always gonna have this show yeah we're always gonna film in like november (laughs) and uh it makes sense because it's not like there'd be snow on the ground in dc and just in november so that would be like this would be like a show enough time period between seasons that it's not like implausible oh yeah no it's not in the perpetual winter of the show yeah so i'm just i'm just like i want to see what like elizabeth's winter wardrobe or summer wardrobe is (laughs) she probably still wears coats about that (laughs) probably actually yeah Yeah. anyway i loved it Uh, so good i want another finale next week no is that too much to ask like I want to read like historical like fan fiction but not fan fiction like I want to just hear like like heavily researched like historically researched possibilities mm-hmm. for what happened next you know you could like, write multiple some fan different fiction. scenarios I could I would rather consume it <laughs> yeah yeah no me too I was never a producer um okay so we'll be back so, next week what are we going yes. to have accomplished in that time um i'll probably assemble some more balls jokes from suits good maybe just give us like one or two balls snippets next week just so we know what we're dealing with here here i I have one i could play you now well i'll save it i'll save it yeah now you've built up anticipation yeah i'll save it um but no i was you know i was thinking of trying to watch or just get a sense of the new Arrested Development so I can actually have an opinion about it Mm -hmm. um, with, you know, with some authority. Just watch a few episodes. Mm -hmm. Um, What are you watching? I am... I want to try and watch um, the new HBO show... um, Oh my god, I can't. Now I'm just, like, blanking on on the name. Um, It's based on the uh novels of edward st aubin um and oh my god now hold on one second all of a sudden this patrick melrose i was like it's a name it's a british sounding name and it's going out of my head right now um yeah cumberbatch benedict cumberbatch and patrick melrose it's a mini series on showtime about um yeah this guy's uh his father dies and kind of him reckoning with his like abusive childhood i've heard the novels are like really amazing um yeah i've never read them so i'll just take everyone else's word on that one but i might try and watch uh yeah an episode or two of of patrick melrose yeah i will report back on that one um yeah and i will i'm gonna give arrested development a shot begrudgingly 
just will, so we can just so we can discuss and hopefully yeah exactly we can just be justified in our in our hatred yeah yeah well anyway I, there was also a new marvel show i keep seeing commercials for called cloak and dagger i guess they probably have superpowers or something and i'm just like enough enough already like do they churn these back. out in a factory they, it's insane in kansas yeah, or something like, like i don't it's just crazy i just am like coming up with like i saw the com- uh the pr- trailer recently for the there's a new movie with i guess there's a superhero called venom mm-hmm. um and it's played by Tom Hardy, and I laughed out loud, like, seeing the trailer in the theater, because it's just, like, it looks so stupid. It really is I the definition of, like, the, whatever that's, you know, the hundred monkeys writing a hundred, <laughs> on really writing a hundred Marvel like, shows. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't necessarily have a problem with superheroes, but part of me is just, like, enough already. <laughs> yeah, like, how... How much content can there possibly be to mine from, like, I guess technically limitless, especially when your, like, show is, like, a fantasy and nothing has to be real. But, I mean, just, I don't, I I don't know. Yeah, it's it, it's a lot. It's too much. No one can possibly consume all of it. Um, but, you know. So that's what I won't be watching. Okay, good. Okay, good. I was worried that that was another one you were. Oh, no, no, no. Okay. I'm not watching it. Good. Good. I don't have time for that. Whew. All right. Well, (laughs) yeah, I'm like, I have more respect for you than that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Okay. Well, so that's it for us this week. And thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Happy watching. Rewatch the Americans. Yeah. Do that this week. Bye. Bye.